Welcome to my basement, everybody. We have a wonderful guest on the show today, a longtime friend of Electric Playground. We did ask for this. He is the voice of Adam Jensen. Soon you'll be uh, listening to him as the voice of Prometheus in Immortals Phoenix Rising. He's been in uh, fantastic television shows like The Expanse, and uh, his list of credits is ridiculous. He's been in tons of things, but more than all of that, he's just an awesome dude. Elias Defexus, welcome to my basement, buddy. How you doing? Hey, buddy. How have you been, man? I missed you. I missed you too. I've been uh, I've been doing okay. You know, I've uh, thankfully been able to play a ton of stuff and uh, be entertained, even though I, I've stayed within a six foot radius of this vicinity <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> Thank God for games and uh, and uh, previously recorded television. Because um, yeah, it's kind of uh, it's a crazy time. Can you breathe up there? In, uh, uh, t I just checked while we were uh, waiting to connect here, and uh, we have officially the worst air on Earth right now, thanks to the um, terrible wildfires, and my heart on goes Earth. out to all the people. Yeah, worst air on the planet in Vancouver, Earth. BC, which is not something that you would associate with our city. It's a, it's a super green city, but uh, it really kind of underlines how important it is for humanity to take climate change seriously and to make some big it's changes, man. It's insane when you think about it. You're what? What's Vancouver to LA? Two thousand miles. Yeah. So two thousand miles away, we're smelling the same. You know, the same smoke, but we're both smelling and breathing yes. in this yeah. giant smoke. It's, it's crazy. And if we don't play our cards right, this is not the worst it's going to get, which is just awful and, and sad. But listen, it's been a, a challenging year for every person on this planet, and it's. Um, I, you know, I hear that in every conversation I have in, the, in this podcast, but uh, we all know this. Uh, how are you doing uh, personally and how is your family doing and, and how's the work going for you right now? Uh, it's, it's, it's good because it's, um, I mean, my family's fine, thank goodness. We're a little kind of, you know, we get on each other's nerves because everybody's working from home. Yeah. So, you know, I'll be doing a game or, a, or an animated series or some VO project in a booth that I have, right? That's attached right next to where they play video games or play with their toys. So they always have to be quiet for four to eight hours in a day. But they also have school that we have to help them with. So it's a, it's a tricky time, but I mean, times are tough, like you said, for everybody. Yeah. But as long as everybody's safe and happy, and as long as, you know, I could keep bringing in money and, and, and my wife too, then, uh, you know, we're, we're, we have not much to complain about. Um, even if our kids whine a lot, but that's everybody's yeah. kids. You've got, Immortals Phoenix Rising coming up very soon. Uh, and I imagine a lot of production was taking place during all of this. T tell me a little bit about the character and how you handled get you know getting your work into this game. Yeah, it's, it, Immortals is always going to be to me, that's going to be the game, the big game that I worked on during the pandemic because it right. hit. We, we had done some performance capture for it back in October of last year. And uh, back when it was still called Gods and Monsters. And um, then, you know, I thought I was, I was done pretty much. I knew I would have some pickup voices or stuff like that. But then in March, they called me and they said, we want you to come back. We changed the game a bit and we want you to do your characters much bigger. And we want you to come back and do some more performance capture. And right when I was booking my flight in the hotel and everything, uh, the pandemic hit. So they said, well, you can come back, but you got to quarantine for 14 days. So that's 14 days away from my family on top of the work days, which I wasn't going to do. 
Yeah. And then I said, well, why don't you get somebody else to mocap it, to motion capture it? Um, just real quick, the difference between motion capture and performance capture is, it is what it is. Motion capture only captures your movements. Performance capture captures your voice, your face, your reactions, yeah. everything at the same time. So we had done performance capture for it, uh, but we, they wanted me to do more, but I couldn't come up there. So I said, why don't you get an actor who's the same size and shape as me, have him do the motions, and then I'll just add the voices. And they said, okay, fine. I don't like doing that. I'd much prefer to do the whole thing. But, you know, times are what they are. But then that got shut down too. Right. And then I didn't hear from them for a couple of weeks. And they said, well, maybe we're going to... I honestly thought I had lost the job. Oh, damn. I thought they would just be like, well, we can't do anything from the guy from, in LA. So we're right. just going to hire somebody. Now we'll redo it. And then they called me, and to their credit, they, uh, like, I have a sound booth here. And uh, I have all the, the proper equipment, like, all set up and stuff. So I was very fortunate. And they sent me they wanted all the actors to be on the same mics and they sent me this six thousand dollar mic that i got to keep for a, a month and then they took it back damn it um but uh, <laughs> you have to put you have to put mics into your contracts from now on yeah it's funny you know because i'm doing it now with another game uh and they say they sent me another beautiful mic you know who they are actually yeah um but uh and i was like can i just keep this and maybe like take some money off my pay uh, <laughs> but but so to their credit, Ubisoft sent me this thing, and much like every other actor, much like everybody else, uh, we, I, all my work has stopped. I was going to do this animated film, and an animated series. I had two games, including uh, Immortals, and everything stopped. Brutal. <laughs> and we started like worrying a little bit, you know, like okay, well, if I don't work for six months, you know, this is the reason actors have to make. A lot of people go, how much do you make in a day? Oh, well, if I didn't make that in a day, that yeah. has to stretch, right? So you, right. Because it's contract for contract. So suddenly, now I'm not going to be working for four months. You start getting kind of really worried. But Ubisoft saved me, literally saved, you know, a lot of problems for me because they sent me that mic and they said, we're going to do it anyway. We're going to do it from your home booth and we'll work through the tech issues. And we had a lot of tech issues at first, but then we worked it through. And I just, you know, saw the demo and I'm like, oh, it sounds great. It sounds really good. We did it. Um, well, it, it precipitated my uh, reaching out to you, actually, <laughs> because I, I uh, got to get some hands-on time with it. And Yubi's been doing these really cool things where we remote log into a server and play their games. I got a chance yeah, to do yeah. that with uh, Watch Dogs Legion and with uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And then last week, it was uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. And it was really fun. But what struck me is I heard your voice right away. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's Elias. And uh, there is a sense of humor with the game. Like, it's got a really great, um, uh, you know, it's irreverent. There's an irreverence about it. And it's breaking the, uh, the, the is it the fourth wall? The fourth wall. And uh, kind of, yeah, it makes fun of the fact that it used to be called Gods and Monsters. And it's like, skip, skip all of this stuff if you just press the button. Was it fun to... <laughs> Was it fun to, you know, play with a lot of that stuff? And, and was it all on the page? Or were you guys able to improvise and come up with your own dialogue that way? It was mostly on the page. The writers were both, the writer Jeffrey especially was really cool if, if I wanted to change something that I thought cool. would be funnier or flow better. But most, like 99% of it, he had written already. Um, or the, he and the other writers had written already. Um, but here's the thing. For a game like that, or for characters like that with Zeus and Prometheus where you're, bouncing back and forth a lot in the pandemic we couldn't do it 
we couldn't bounce right. back and forth. Right. And so we had to find a way, and this was really, really tricky. We had to find a way to make sure that we still were able to somehow have chemistry, even though we never met. He was up, I think he was in Toronto, and I'm down here in LA. And even if we weren't, we would still be doing it from our own places. Totally. Even if we were in the yeah. same city. Um, so what we did was, it was a really, really smart way of working is, we would decide at the scene who was the the kind of the impetus of the scene and who was reacting off of that person. And we would record whoever kind of started the scene first and then play it back. And then you would bounce off of that. If you oh, that's great. It. Right. Yeah, so that's how we did it. So I would hear, most of the time it was, it was me being the straight guy. So I would hear Zeus all the time with his funny lines and I would kind of bounce off of his funny lines. Most of the time I would have to hear him and then I, would able, I was able to bounce off of as if he was there. And you were um, zooming in with one of the techs at Ubisoft and they were playing that stuff? Like how, how were you? It wasn't really zoom. I guess I could talk about it. It's not really, I'm trying to think if it's like some sort of secret, but not really. Basically when you're doing, um, like I did a commercial last week, right? Yeah. And they use this thing called Source Connect. And basically all you gotta do is talk into it and you don't have to record or edit or do anything as an actor. It all pipes top quality to them. Okay. Uh, and then they deal with it. Ubisoft made their own version of that. It was really interesting. They were like, we created our own kind of source connect thing. And so I would hook up with them and they could play me whatever they wanted and I could hear it. And it was all real time, really, oh, really wow. cool stuff. The only thing wow. I had to do was up my internet. I had to, my internet was relatively normal. And then they're like, you, you need to up your speed a bit. So I had to pay yeah. like an extra 50 bucks a month. But, uh, but it's worth it because it was pretty flawless. I mean, it's like we had tech issues at first, but once we solved them and we knew when something went wrong, it's this. And then yeah. one of us would fix whatever the, the issue was, whether I had to reset my internet or, or something like that. You've got the voice yeah. down. Uh, are you moving into the direction of doing performance work remotely too? Is that going to be a part of your future, do you think? I had a friend, Elf, who actually got sent an HMC, which is uh, the camera that mounts on your head, has a little camera here. And sure. she got sent exactly where to put the dots on her face Crazy. and plug it into her computer wow. so she can do an actual full-on performance capture. Yeah. Incredible. That's that's so cool. Uh, did you have a sense of the visual kind of spec of uh, your character in, in Immortals? Or was that all just uh, rough sketches and things like that? Did you know what kind of a performance you were supposed to give based on visuals? Uh, they, they guided me through it really well. They did send me one video. So I got to see kind of the cartoony kind of version of it. Uh, it was the yeah. video that I performance captured back in. Oh, back perfect. in October. Okay. Uh, so I got to see how, how it was going to look. And when, actually when I was there, the game changed a lot since I, since I was there back in October, but the, the, they always had that kind of cartoony, strikingly beautiful visual kind of aesthetic. So yeah. And the writing kind of guided me through it. And I mean, when you have a character that says, you know, press the skip button, you kind of know where they're, where they're going. <laughs> Was there always a sense of humor with the game or was I, it, uh, did, did, did that change as the title changed? It definitely grew. Initially okay. back in October, it, it wasn't as funny. Okay. Uh, 
but it grew, it grew into this really funny, I don't know, I'm just the actor, so I don't know what changes they made to their staff, to their creative staff. Yeah. Uh, I literally am just like, where do you want me to show up? <laughs> um, but uh, whatever they did, they, they, they made it funnier as we went along. And the scripts were very funny on that second and third pass that I did during the pandemic, for sure. You're, you're a, um, a Canadian actor who uh, did the journey that a lot of Canadian actors want to do. They want to move to LA. They want to go where, to, where the work yeah. is. Um, and I know that that is also fraught with a lot of uh, challenges, you know, at multiple levels. But the, the the idea of entertaining that reality in a in a world in a time like this just must be insane. And I, you know, I'm wondering how it feels for you now with this retrospective kind of uh, opportunity that you have to kind of think of this move and think of your career and, and, and how it feels living in LA through all of this. It's a very, very weird, like for lack of a better word, because when we moved down here, I moved down here only about a little over two years ago. Yeah. Uh, and that first year, as I knew it would be building relationships as you do when you move to any new city yes. even though I, had a, I have a massive resume i still have to get to know the casting directors i still had to get in both film and tv and in all the voiceover stuff i had to get to know you'd go to parties that i never wanted to go to but i had to meet these people and you know you got to promote yourself and do all that so i spent the first year kind of doing that and then right when i started getting in the rooms mostly for tv everything gets cut out from under you yeah and thank goodness, thank God for voiceover work because I was still able to curate those relationships, except now it was all like this. Right. So uh, I would still be, you know, the good thing about being a voice actor is you, know, you put you put 50 auditions to 100 auditions on tape or on MP3, like a month. Yeah. You're just constantly throwing, constantly throwing stuff. There's 10,000 of us. So the work is like spread out a lot, but you just keep going until you book something. And then when you book something, you build a relationship with those people, much like I have with Ubisoft, which yeah, is I yeah. keep working with Ubisoft because I know all of the people and they know what I can do. Yes. So they don't have to worry if I'm going to nail it or not. They know I'm going to be able to do it. So they'll cat like Prometheus was a straight offer. They knew I could do a Greek accent. They knew I could be funny and they knew that I was going to show up on time. So they just gave me the role. And that's, that's starting to happen to me more and more, but thank God for voice work. Because living here is, is you know, it's expensive. Must like yeah. Vancouver, but yeah. it's expensive. Uh, it's a weird time to be in this country, uh, even leaving the pandemic aside, politically, socially. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird time to be in this country. California is kind of its own thing, to, mm -hmm. to be honest. But there are still pockets of that kind of, you know, uh, social unrest here. It's just, uh, it's ridiculous divisiveness. And it's not just in America, it's all over the world. It's, it's, I mean, we yeah. just had a, no, uh, a mask rally in that. Vancouver, you know, like yeah. what? Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, when the air quality is the worst in the world, let's go yeah. out and, and talk about not wearing masks today. <laughs> okay, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know what's interesting about living in LA is, is 
you have to remember, this is for any actor in Canada who wants to come down to LA, or any actor in any other state, aside from New York, because New York is, is, has its own thing, who wants to come to LA, you have to get it in your mind, and it took me a year to realize this, that um, nobody cares. I'm not saying nobody cares about you, but nobody cares about your career, or how difficult right. your struggle has been, or you used to get into every room in Canada, and now you're struggling to get into rooms, nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, so once you make that decision, once you make that realization, you go, okay, I'm just gonna work as much as I can, as hard as I can, and stop caring that, you know, stop worrying so much about like this casting director and this casting director and this, getting in this room, getting my headshot right. writing. Right. Just start going, I'm just gonna work. I'm just gonna do my best to work as much as possible. Go to classes, go to, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm in, a, in a very, different position because I came down with a very big resume and a lot of stuff for VO. So I kind of got thrown into the VO world pretty quick. And all these people are so welcoming, you know, um, like uh, to name drop a few, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, like Jennifer Hale, yeah. who uh, she literally, like I came down here and she took me and brought me to people. And she said, you have to meet this guy. And this is what he's done, and this is how good he is, and that would get me, you know, like a, a small one-day role playing a soldier. But then I got that role playing a soldier, and then a month later, so like, do you want to play the lead in this game? And that, you know, because I had been brought in by Jen, or awesome. Jones, or like all these, uh, Courtney Taylor, you know, she's great, so wonderful. Great. She's just an yeah. amazing human being. Yeah, I think that's. That's fantastic. And that would really I, help me I, get a leg up down really I, I know too, though, that that world, the the um, the voice um, artist kind of world, or the the performance artist in the in the game space and the animation space, um, is not enormous. It's a lot of the same types of people, same caliber yeah. of people working again and again and again. And and for you to come from. Uh, uh, you know, Montreal or Toronto or different cities that you have worked in with the experience that you have is also a great benefit to these casting directors down there because you're a new voice relative to a lot of who they've been hiring. So I'm sure yes. that it's, it's yeah. a win-win uh, in that regard for you, which is great. But it is a hard circle to crack. It's a very hard circle to crack. And even within the circles, there are circles. Sure. There's like a promo circle. The, all the Tonight on ABC, those guys, those guys yeah. make a ton of money. Yeah. Because they work every day. Yes. I get to book a promo. I just can't crack that circle. But the we, animation uh, we, circle I cracked. And the video game circle I cracked. But we did a, uh, a documentary with Discovery for uh, the military channel several years back. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, Dis Discovery uh, under its umbrella just books these narrators and these voice guys like crazy like voice people like crazy and their their rolodex yeah. is huge and they recommended a guy who was terrific i think his name is jeff klinger and he uh it was about the big red one game but also the real soldiers and it was a fascinating mm -hmm. fantastic project it was an honor to work on it uh, and, and he did an incredible job but he is uh yeah he's in that circle so he works on yeah. that stuff all the time. And that's yeah. what happens all the time. So it's hard to crack that circle. And then you have the bigger circles of the on-camera acting. I'm a, the question I get the most from every actor is performance capture because I've done so much of it. Sure. And they're, they're like, how do you crack that? 
That's where, how, where does your agent look for it? Do you need an on-camera agent for that? Do you need a voiceover agent for that? How do you get into that? And that's a whole other thing. So there's a lot of little kind of circles to crack. But There's uh, an awesome performance capture space in Vancouver that we've shot at and I've hosted some events at uh, called Beyond Capture. It's really kind of coming into its own. There's cool, projects man. coming in there all the time. And I'm wondering, I know House of Moves was huge in LA for a long time. Is there, uh, are there more studios, more performance capture studios kind of popping up and more businesses kind of facilitating this kind of work out of Los Angeles? I imagine there must be. Yeah, there is, but the thing about it is that it's having access to it is 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 tricky right. as an actor because you need to have an agent who who knows first of all where to look or who gets this information that they're looking for an actor for right. performance capture. If you have an on-camera agent only, if you're not a voiceover actor, you might occasionally get some on-camera casting directors. I know there's like two or three down here who cast you know a performance capture game. But nine times out of 10, it's gonna be a, a voiceover director who's casting it. And if you're not a voiceover actor, you're not gonna get the access to those auditions. Uh, but sometimes if you're only a voiceover actor, you may not get other access to other auditions that are performance yet. Like I did uh, two years on The Expanse, I played a nine foot tall, like alien, right? That I mo-capped in performance capture. Um, I don't even know how I would have booked that outside of the fact that they knew me already because I was on the show as an actor. And then they offered me that role. Right. Uh, and they knew you had experience I, with that. Yeah, they knew I had the experience with, I, I had done so much performance capture in games. Um, but so I'm on a TV show for two years. But then when I step back and I go, well, how would I book this if they didn't know me from, from the, the show itself, from playing right. an actual character on the show? Right, right. I mean, there's no way I would have known they would have right. figured out a way to hire somebody. It wouldn't have been me. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't. Have so there's. It's really tricky being an actor and trying to, you know, get your hands into everything, and make sure that you're not missing any opportunities. That's the one thing about LA. There's a lot of opportunity here. Yeah, there's I know. A lot of that. There's a lot of actors. <laughs> yes, I know that too. Um, yeah. But do you think that, you know? I think clearly it's working for you. This leg up that you have as a as someone that comes from the the technological, uh, you know, connective tissue of being able to work in video games and has strapped on the mocap suits and the performance capturer, you know, outfit. So much of that is, like, is becoming the the language of movie making. You know, like oh, yeah. uh, companies using Unreal to to shoot their shows and stuff like that. I, I, I can only imagine we're gonna have, you know, real-time performance captured characters on screen next to, uh, you know, live action actors blended seamlessly. And video game artists are gonna be high in demand for that kind of work, I would imagine. I would hope so. I would hope that they would get people that knew what they were doing. One thing about yeah. The Expanse that they liked I remember doing this, so I'm playing this nine foot tall creature, but we're only doing it. I'm literally doing a season's worth of work in like three days right. because we're doing it all in one stage. Sure. And one thing I know they appreciated was I knew all the tech. I knew what not to do. I knew what to do. And like all that, all that experience really helped us make it work and go fast. And so you're probably right. I feel like. Well, dude, I mean, this in this grows more and more. Yeah. Absolutely. And in this uh, pandemic era, you know, where you, um, 
and it sucks that we have to keep talking about it, you know, but know, it's so, <laughs> it's such a big part of our, all of our collective worlds that it, it's yeah. like we're a puzzle we're trying to solve right now. But uh, performance capture seems like a way to solve a lot of issues. You know, you can't really, I mean, look at Robert Pattinson gets COVID-19, you know, and they have to yeah. shut down Batman. But if you've got technology that allows you to replicate a photo real actor or a photo real element in a scene and you can performance capture their work together i mean it's not ideal but again it's a solution for they're, it's going to get right this craziest thing that we're in yeah. you know and as tech grows and grows they're going to have now it's going to be more about just in case this happens again yeah we can now seamlessly go right. into yes. a new thing as opposed yeah. to this like four months where the world fell apart yeah. um yeah so, but let- let me ask you this though you're in you're in Los Angeles and clearly it's led to some awesome new opportunities but you're also remotely doing a lot of work now is there a a shift in your thinking are you thinking maybe there's another place to set up your to work and can you think about remote working another like are you coming back to Canada what are you thinking right now I'm definitely thinking that it's getting to the point even like on camera auditions now are happening just at home. Yeah. So they say, we don't need you to come in now. I mean, right. tapes, sending, actors sending in tapes has always been a thing, but there was always like a casting director would have their in-person sessions and get tapes. And you always kind of felt like tapes were like the secondary because they're dealing with the in-person. But now everything is tapes, not right. literal tapes, but everything is, is getting these videos. So you start going, well, do I have to, be here? Do I have to spend what I'm spending to live in Los Angeles? Right. Uh, and do I have to deal with, you know, the traffic and the fires? And why don't I just go live in Montana, spend half yeah. of what I'm spending and do everything that I'm doing anyway? That seems so, to be the progression of success in Hollywood anyways. It's yeah, like it's a, an actor books enough stuff and then they go, well, I'm not living here anymore. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to go live in Scotland and if you need me, I'll yeah. be back. Yeah. One of my favorite actors uh, who I worked with on a show called Alphas is David Strathairn. Yeah, uh, oh, he's I amazing. Love David yeah. And yeah. Uh, he's a really great guy too. But he, uh, he lives in like Connecticut or something or somewhere just outside of New York. Right. New York or outside of New York State. And they just call him when they need him. And he comes yeah. into town when he needs him. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to live here. I don't need to live in uh, these crazy, crazy towns. So I don't know, man. I might, you know, th- I came down here with a green card. Uh, I got the, what's now called the Melania green card, which yeah. is uh, <laughs> the extraordinary ability green card where you prove that you're going to be a boon to the economy. Um, and so I got the green card. And to, be, to uh, become a citizen, I have to live here. Right. And... Um, don't get me wrong. I do like living here. I like the people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love I love the town. I love the, the nature. Much like Vancouver, though. But Vancouver, the weather is much better here. So yes. You get oh, dumb, I love it down there, man. It's yeah. been, uh, you know, I've, I've worked, I've been fortunate enough to work in a, uh, a job that's allowed me to travel all the time. Yeah. And I would spend half my year, it felt like, in California, whether it was San yeah. Francisco or Los Angeles. And, and it it was it was always just incredibly welcoming for me you know this producer like out of like vancouver it. and i would walk into these studios and everybody was just happy to see me and they would yeah. they would give us uh, all kinds of access and and warmth you know like genuine yeah. warmth and then environmental warmth it was it, it, there's <laughs> a warmth. 
Yeah, and then and then I have a kid, and we go down to Disney all the time because I'm working down there too, and it's yeah. just that extra layer of like. Wow. That's one thing. I've already been to Disneyland like three times, and yeah. Universal Studios. I think we've gone five times. Yeah. You're just like, well, it's down the road. Why not? Let's just go. Yeah. Um, but I have to give I have to give this country this country legally. I have to give it two more years before I can become a citizen, and then right. once I'm a citizen, I could split my time. I could say yeah. I'm going to move back to Vancouver. So the kids right. can go to school there, but I'm going to have an apartment down here or vice right. versa. I'll have an apartment in Vancouver and live down here. I don't know yet. But once I'm a citizen, I can actually go because as a green card holder, you have to, you cannot leave for more than I think well, it's five and a half months. Let's face it. None of us are going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. So I'm like, well, in two years, I'm probably going to be stuck at home anyway. So after two years, I'll make a decision on what I'm going to do. If I'm going to come back to Canada or if I'm going to stay here. Um, <laughs> But I truly so, like to save money on uh, living in a really expensive city if I don't have to. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. So well, there are less expensive cities in America. That's true. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go to Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I just go to Memphis. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, so what are you enjoying more these days? You know, like you get to travel in... Um, in these different worlds, and obviously, let, let's let's pull back the clock six months pre-pandemic. But okay. uh, you're in front of the camera. Uh, you're doing, you know, just voice work for commercials and spots all all the time. You've got uh, performance capture work and and video game related work. What brings you the most sort of creative satisfaction for you as a good question? You know what? To be honest with you, a lot of the TV that uh, a lot of actors have access to. He's not very great. He's not great. Yeah. Like a lot of it is very underwritten and kind of cliched. Yeah. Not not saying that there's a golden age of TV, but that's you know there's like six shows that are in the golden age of TV. Those are difficult to get on, you know. But uh, the, when I get a when I book a role on a show that I, I really think is great, like The Expanse, which is incredibly yeah. well written, an amazing I show. Go, yeah, yeah. I go. This is top. Of the, it doesn't get better than this. Like I remember getting monologues on The Expanse and working with some really good actors, you know, and, you know, and I'm just going, this, this is the best. This is the best. He doesn't get any better than this. But then at the same time, you know, I'm doing like, um, I have an anime, a Netflix anime, original anime coming out, in, I don't know when, but soon, uh, called, um, which used to be called Gods and Heroes, but they changed <laughs> that to Blood of Zeus. Uh, there's a lot of God's hand canceled, uh, canceled titles in my life. But, uh, they changed it to Blood of Zeus, original Netflix, uh, and I play like the main bad guy in it. And like that also, just going to work, and I'm working with like Fred Tashore and, uh, cool. and just like really great top of line voice actors. And I'm just like, okay, maybe it doesn't get better than this. Like this is pretty yeah. great too. Yes. And plus, the good thing about voiceover is it's a lot less time put in, and, and you know, you got a kid, you got a kid, I got two kids. And you're like, do I want to spend 17 hours on set? I would for a show like The Expanse. But, you know, when I'm playing the murderer of a week on name, whatever show, yeah, there's a lot of times where I'm like, how many more shots do we have left? So it becomes <laughs> less of a, less of a, like, really happy to be here and more of work. Um, but when I'm doing like that animated series or when I was, you know, when I was here just doing Prometheus for, for Immortals, just having so much fun, just like joking and going back and forth with these silly lines and stuff. This is pretty great. So it's not really, a particular medium that I that I like more than the others. I like the hours in some mediums better. Yeah. Um, one great thing about performance capture is 
for games at least, is that it'll always be nine to five or eight to five. Right. Because they don't do 12, 15 hour days. Sure, they yeah. Pay, they pay their tech guys a nine to five salary. So their tech guys show up at nine. I show up at eight and get in the suit, work from nine to whatever noon, have lunch, work from lunch to the end of the day. And I get to go home at five o'clock. You uh, hear the stories of uh, Clint Eastwood shooting his movies between yeah. you know nine to five and at the under budget. Sometimes it shows that they are, uh, and you hear <laughs> and and you hear of uh, performance capture shoots, which makes sense that they wouldn't go because you can kind of use all of that data yeah. and uh, and you don't need to change the lighting and hair and makeup and it doesn't like you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Totally, but now yeah. you have this experience of being on sets that just go over long and stuff, and there is a lot of. Uh, um, uh, you know, anger directed to the film business because of these long hours and, and the danger that that kind of work can... Didn't that happen to somebody in Vancouver on Rivendell, right? Uh, one of the actors yeah. like, crashed his car driving home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, like, why are they yeah. doing it? Why Why is Hollywood still so hell-bent on 17-hour uh, days? Why Why does that still continue? You know, this, this pandemic might change things because... One thing that's happening in our life recently is with social media now, things that people would complain about in small circles or say like, this right. doesn't work, why aren't we doing anything, has right. now become, like the biggest example of course is the Me Too movement. Absolutely. That's the best example of, you know, people would talk about it in circles but nothing would ever happen. I think with things like this, with, with actors working 50, not just actors, crew, you know, the crew working 17 hour days every day. Yes. It's yeah. going to start getting out where somebody's tweeting, this is my 17th hour, this is crazy. And that's yeah. going to get picked up and then people are going to start going, maybe we'll add three days onto the schedule instead of trying to cram everything into seven days. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, uh, it, it must feel weird. It must feel weird to complain about it. Because, you know, as a younger actor, you were probably just hungry for that kind of opportunity. Sure. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and I, I know that it isn't just like your complaint. This is the podcast isn't about you having a platform to vent here. It's just it's an interesting <laughs> it's an interesting um, phenomenon, you know, that occurs in, in movies. But and then more so or also in the video game industry where we have crunch time over a you know, extended period of time. Yeah, where, same, same type of thing. Yeah, where it's yeah. totally proven that you know, ultimately it's it's unbelievably unhealthy. You know, we had to learn that yeah. on our show. You know, because when we started Electric Playground, all of us were figuring out what we were doing, and we were just we worked too hard. You know, and we would just crunch and crunch and crunch, and then it yeah. took us a bunch of seasons, and we got smarter with it. And even as we transitioned to daily, we knew how to kind of hit you know get all the content done in our ten hours or whatever eight eight to yeah, ten yeah, hours. Yeah. You know, much much smarter and uh a lot less burnout a lot less they're gonna know, have to on film it's 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 crazy yeah and uh you know you know that you can do it you can do it in a 10 hour day you know just add a couple more days to the schedule it's i get it i get that it makes it difficult when you're like look we're only at this location we can only afford it for two days so we have to yeah. get everything done so tell the crew and the actors these two days are going to be 17 hour days it's terrible and then when we get back to the studio, we're gonna go to eight hour days for three days. So everybody's gonna get a break or something like that. And the union's gonna have to start stepping in, both Actra and Canada, yeah. especially in Canada, because there's yes. so much stuff in Vancouver and SAG down here. They're just gonna have to start going like, can't do this to people. 
That's not even really the actors, to be honest with you. I know that no. it's popular because the actor crashed in that car there because he's the actor. But man, I would, you know, I'm exhausted after a 10 hour day. The guy who's driving me home has to go back after he drops yeah. me off. Pick up the film and bring, well, film, the chips, the data, the data and bring it to the next place. And then he gets to go home after another three hours past me. And then he yeah. has to be there at five o'clock and I have to be there at eight. You know, yeah. and I'm exhausted. And you're like, yeah. these crew members must be like, extra exhausted. So something's got to give with that. Um, and I, I feel like hopefully, hopefully it will be. Unfortunately, it's probably gonna take another, you know, hopefully nobody gets hurt, but another incident where they're like, guys, this is too much now. We have to stop this. Well, I think there's so much taking stock. I mean, the the fact that the Batman got shut down and and Pattinson got yeah. sick and and uh, Tenet did so poorly at the box office and uh, God, it's just it is a, a time of real analyzation that you know yeah. that's happening right now. Yeah. Every, everything is being analyzed uh, about the way that we all live and work, you know, yeah. and uh, and what we get out of it and what we put into all of this. Um, do. You, I'm, are you able to to uh, to keep booking things right now? Are things kind of shifted around, and and you're starting to kind of bring in enough Every, regular work? Yeah, but it's all voice work. It's all yeah. uh, it's all voice work. I haven't. I had my last audition for an on camera thing was March. Uh, I had just done an episode of Criminal Minds, where again I was the bad guy of the week, uh, and um, I had a really quick like. I think they're gonna go forward with this. Do you want to audition for this? Last week, but that was my first one in four months. But with VO, I'm throwing stuff on tape, like I said earlier, all the time. That's so, cool. you know, occasionally I'll get, oh, they want you for this gig, and well, you know, that's four hours of my day, and that's it. And that, you know, gives me enough money to get to the next thing, and then four hours of my next day. And yeah, the big thing is just don't go into savings. And in, in Canada, it's, it's, it's starting to lessen up a bit because you know, Canada knows what they're doing with COVID for the most part, um, unlike down here. But I got active friends down here who are like, I'm like, I'm just out of money. I'm yeah. just like running out of money because no, I, I'm not working. I'm not guys who are not in VO or just in kind of on camera stuff who would go from like me, go from like guest star to guest star to guest star, to, you know, you know, uh, large role, but only a couple of days work, you know, uh, things like that. Um, and those guys were like, I, I'm screwed. Like, and there is break. no convention circuit or anything like that to kind That's of- That's the other thing. Me. Another way I would bring in a lot of money is Comic-Cons. Yeah. I did a home con, which was pretty good, you know, yeah. but it's not the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you do kind of panels like this and you hope people are watching, but you're not selling your autographs or selling your, uh, you know, you're not, you're not making a lot of money. They're paying you a lot of money to come to these, to go to these virtual cons. So a lot of things have changed, man. A lot of actors are really, really struggling. So thank God for the voiceover work. I hope it yeah. continues. That's so cool. Um, you know, like the viewers of this show are going to be wondering what the hell's going on with Deus Ex. Can you tell us anything? Is there any, any news Dude. about Adam Jensen coming back? You know what's so funny is like, no matter what I say, people always say, well, no, you're not allowed to say anything. But the truth is, I have not heard anything. All I knew was that when we initially did Mankind Divided, and it was half of the story that we wanted to tell, 
uh, we were supposed to tell this whole giant thing. And then I don't know what happened, but they moved on to Avengers and whatever yeah. else they're doing. And so I don't know if it got shelved completely or I don't know if it's, you know, just on a back burner. I have no idea. And I, I say that God's not as true. I wish I did because I love that character. I love the, I legitimately love those games. And so as a fan, I want to see how his story is going to end. Absolutely, man. And uh, absolutely. Yeah. I was, you know, I always embrace more work, so I wouldn't complain. But, well, it's uh, funny that that uh, you're friends with David Hayter, a mutual friend of both of ours, another yeah. Canadian doing all right in the uh, entertainment business down I there. Literally, was talking to him like right before I called you. And and we want him back as Snake, and we want you back as Adam Jensen. You guys, uh, you, uh, when, yeah. when we can get past this uh, this this bullcrap uh, pandemic, you guys can go to a bar together and 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 commiserate. Yeah. <laughs> Snake and it's Adam so funny. in the Every bar. Every time we get together, we'll take a picture. Because uh, we don't live that, we live like 15 minutes from each other. We'll take okay, a picture cool. and uh, we'll take a picture and put it online and somebody invariably in will draw like Jensen over me and Snake over him all That's the time. Awesome. It's, it's, uh, um, That's yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird time, man. But I don't know, I hope. But it's funny, you know, because I, you know, one thing that I hope happens with me is I love being associated with Adam Jensen because I actually legitimately think he's a great character. Sure. But, uh, you know, like I, I, I can't say what it is. You know what it is. But I can't say what it is. But I'm on this big, huge, giant game that we're working on now. That there's part of me go, that's going, well, I hope this game explodes like I think it will. And I'm pretty stop. sure it will. Yeah. And people stop talking specifically about Adam Jensen with me. Yes. I don't know if that's ever going to happen again. Yeah. Um, but it's split between me because there's a part of me that goes, no, I love it, embrace it. And because it's, it's not like I, I don't like the character, I love it. So I almost go like, yes, but I also want to go, but guys, I do other things. Yes. You know, so it's like, that's why I hope like Blood of Zeus and Immortals and this other big game that I'll tell you about. Like, I hope that these things, uh, these things kind of can get me away from it. But then, you know, I say that, but then the second, <laughs> the second they're like, oh, we're going to do another one. I'm like, let's go, let's do it. I'm down. <laughs> so, you, you have um, a very Greek name, Elias Tufexis. It's a wonderful yes. name. But I'm wondering <laughs> if uh, you spent a lot of time in your career trying to show that you weren't just going to do Greek characters that you could do many well, kinds I've done of like characters. three in a row, right? I know. And I now you're the guy that is, he's the Greek guy. Yeah. Thankfully, in, in Blood of Zeus, there's no accent involved. It's just me. Like, okay. We have a heightened way of speaking a bit, but there's no Greek yep. accent, which is great. Because, yeah, I did Leonidas and then uh, uh, Nicolaus in, in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Then I'm now in Prometheus and this, and now I'm in Blood of Zeus. But no, I don't care. Like, that doesn't bother me. It doesn't really, look, this stuff doesn't bother me. It's like pigeonholed into something. It doesn't bother me as if it gets me more work and more people know. Totally. And if somebody says like, oh, you were Adam Jensen, let me look at the other stuff you've done, and then they hire me, that's not a, that's not something I should complain about. Um, I just want to do another game. I just hope we do another game. <laughs> me too. Maybe that's where this all comes from, just anger. I hear you <laughs> pop up in commercials all the time, and I'm wondering, um, what's the strangest commercial experience that you've done? Maybe oh, you did God. a voice and somebody recognized you? or so, like, Tell me about the strangest commercial that you've done. 
Well, no, I get I get recognized a lot. My favorite thing is like going to a GameStop or something with like my son, and I'll just ask a question. Like, Do you got this on Switch? And they'll look at me for a second. They'll be like, say that again. And then suddenly <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, you're this guy. You have to be a real hardcore gamer to, to pick out a voice. Um, but the funniest commercial thing I ever did was uh, has nothing to do with Adam Jensen. It's just that I randomly was booked this commercial. I think it was for a Ford. It's for some car. Uh, oh, it was for some car that had really good trunk space, and the 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 copy was actually space in my car. Like it was a William Shatner impression that they just gave me, and I do a really good William Shatner impression. And I was like, wait a second, did you guys know I do this impression? They're like, no, we just thought your voice was good. You should do it. I'm like I'm totally doing this as William Shatner, <laughs> and that was really funny. It was like space in my car. Uh, which which was the best. Did they person. use that? They did. Apparently, they did. This was like, like six <laughs> oh or seven years ago. And uh, did people think it was William Shatner, or was uh, no? Because I'm not. My impression is a very strong exaggeration of William Shatner. Okay. Not actually William Shatner. It's like me and uh, you know who Maurice Lamarche is. Of course you do. Uh, yeah. Maurice Lamarche and I every time we get together, it's just Shatner's Shatner offs. We just do Shatner all the time. Shatner and Orson Welles. He's the greatest. Orson Welles impressionist ever because he's brain. He does the voice of brain. And uh, Shatner's this like constant joke between us all the time. So that was so funny to me. I was like, space. <laughs> I can't, can't believe it. Shatner's a big hero to me. And I've met him like two or three times. And despite his reputation, he's always been very kind to me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, what a character so he is, man. He's a character, man. And uh, uh, we grew up in literally, we literally grew up in the same neighborhood in Montreal. Crazy. Uh, just Crazy. obviously generations apart. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so when I met him, I told him that. And then we both ended up in like shows on show that take place in space. Did you, do you know, did. you're friends with Jay Baruchel too, I think, aren't you? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jay he's another one. in that same neighborhood. That's crazy. NDG, NDG Hampstead in Montreal. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's funny, you know, that, that you're like, oh, these guys, you know, I just grew up where I grew up, and we all left and now do this for a living, which is I, I, Although I think Jay lives in Toronto. Yeah, he goes back and yeah. forth. Uh, um, I think, though, there must be this pull to the sunshine if you <laughs> grew up in uh, super you grew up on the east coast of Canada? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you kind of want to come the sunshine. <laughs> yeah. So you... You, you you have Immortals coming up. That's uh, December, which was uh, a nice yeah. surprise that UB's, uh, you know, it's got, it's sort of coming, it's imminent, it's coming very soon. What's next both, for you? Right? It's on the, it's on the PS4 and 5, right? Or the Xbox, whatever I think called. so, yeah, the, it'll go, so. uh, it'll up convert or whatever they're going to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah Next yeah, gen yeah. ready. What is, uh, and the other thing I can talk about what's next is, well, Blood of Zeus is coming, I think this year, I don't, they won't tell me. Okay. Uh, that's the that's the Netflix anime, which is really really cool. Right. On. Uh, it's by Powerhouse Animation, so the guys who did Castlevania. So Sweet. It's, it's that same style of animation, and you know, very violent and very adult. It's really, really, really cool. And, and it takes place in, Greek, in that. Greek mythology, and I'm the the main bad guy in that. Yeah. So cool. Uh, uh, and. <laughs> The other things that I'm doing, I can't talk about. It's so frustrating. <laughs> I get but that every I week. <laughs> yeah, you must get that every week. Yeah, yeah, you had Yuri on, and I know I'm sure he said that a bunch of times. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, you, you just can't. The first thing you sign before you even audition these days is an NDA. Yeah. And then when you book, they're like, we're not telling you anything. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I know I got a lead, two leads in two games. And then, oh man, I'm, I just booked a role in a very cool game that has been announced, but I can't say that I'm in it yet. I know that doesn't help you at all. But no. It's, very cool. it's a well, very it, cool, very I'll cool role. I'll tell you what it does help me with. It helps me to think of when we're going to have you back. So right. uh, <laughs> let's, uh, yeah, let's talk about that later. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll put that aside for a future episode, but uh, excited to hear that you're in Immortals. That, that made my day when I was playing the game and I was laughing every time you popped up. You're, okay. uh, you're very good in the game and I think people are gonna be very impressed with uh, your very different performance from a lot of the other game stuff that you've done. Good, right, thanks, that's comment, good to hear. Which is great. Um, but uh, just, you know, I'm a huge fan of you and, and it's awesome to catch up and my love to you and to your family, man. And, and just stay safe and keep making awesome things, okay? Yeah, you too, man. And hopefully, you know, like I said when we were texting, it's like, hopefully we can all go to Disneyland together in like six months or a year or something. Yes, we need, a, we need some face-to-face uh, -face time in the, in the, in the near yeah, future. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, that was my guest, Elias Tufexis. You know him from a million things, so go out and play some of those games, would you? And you can look forward to playing uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising in December. Thanks for watching, everybody. We will see you soon, and until then, play forever.